Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to the word of the Lord. And we're going to pick up in Joshua chapter 5 at verse 13. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Now when Joshua was, Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the Lord's, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. I'm going to stop right there. We read the rest of this earlier. Uh, and I want to talk about spiritual, spiritual implications for conquering Jericho. Spiritual implications for conquering Jericho. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us this morning. Father, prosper your word. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I can minister under your anointing. Grant us a fresh anointing of your spirit so that as we receive your word under your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. Have your way. Be glorified in this preaching moment and in this worship. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Spiritual implications for conquering Jericho. <clears throat> so, as we look at the scripture, and we, we know this well, uh, the first place to be conquered uh, for the Israelites to enter into the promised land and possess their inheritance was Jericho. You know the history of, of this. We've not heard this. This is not the first time we've heard it. Not the first time you've read the Bible. We know that God promised Abraham that he would give him the land of Canaan. Amen. Land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, and the Israelites, the Hebrew people would have to go in and conquer uh, the land to take possession of it. Now remember, uh, 
just, just, just remember the land of Canaan. Canaan is uh, Ham's, one of Ham's son. And remember how people use the curse of, of Ham against us. Uh, but we're not Canaanites. Amen. We're not Canaanites. That's just a little side note. As I was saying that, I thought about that because so many people believe we're still cursed, but we're not Canaanites. Uh, Canaanites were a different group of people than, than African people, black people. Amen. Different, totally different group of people. Um, but but there, was, there was warfare going on. Even though God said, I'll give you the land, they had to go in and take possession of it which means that they were going to engage in warfare. Amen? And, and we see this. We see this. We pointed out last Sunday that Israel was in this period of war as they took possession of the land uh, that God had promised. Uh, Joshua is their leader. The name Joshua means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. So their leader and every time they called his name, they heard Jehovah is salvation. Their leader would go before them. So Jehovah, not Jehovah Joshua, but they would know that Jehovah God would go before them in this process. In this process. And, and you know, as we read the word, I, I think I mentioned this last Sunday, and it's critical for us to continue to kind of press this into the minds of people. Some of us catch things faster than others. Uh, all that is in the Word is not just for historical or informational purposes. Okay, These situations, these accounts in the Scriptures, which are actual accounts, are for warnings and admonition for us. We use them to teach. We use them to warn. We use them to instruct. We use them to help us in our day-to-day situations. So as we, reproach, as we approach the scriptures, we must ask ourselves, what are the spiritual implications of these scriptures for us? I'm just not reading this to learn history. If I was only reading this to learn history, then I'd just go to a history class. But I'm, I'm a part of the body of Christ, so I need to know the history, yes, but I also need to know what the implications are for my life. Right? What does God want us to learn as we read the word? I know this is elementary for a lot of us, but it's, it's good to repeat this. What is it that God is saying as we read these scriptures in the Old Testament? What is it that God is saying to us? Today? And even as we read the scriptures in the New Testament, what is it that God is saying to us today in this generation, in this dispensation of time? What is God's message for me? Yeah, God has a message for us, but then it becomes personal. What is God saying to me? Okay, and since that is the case, we can look at this particular account of Israel and, and Jericho and seek spiritual applications for our lives, even as we did with Ai uh, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, now, now God, God, as we, as we think about this, we know that the important point is for us to seek wisdom for new beginnings in our lives. We talked about last week, for new beginnings in our lives. Why the Lord didn't have me start at Jericho, 
I don't know. We started at AI, and we talked about new beginnings last week. But you think about that. God, God has said to Jeremiah, uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I came, before you came, before you were born, I sanctified you. Have you ever really applied that to you? Uh, uh, I ordained you as a prophet for, a nation, for the nation. Now, specifically for Jeremiah, God ordained him uh, as a prophet to the nation of Israel. God may not have ordained you for a prophet to the United States of America or a prophet to York, but God knew you. God knew you before you were formed in the womb. God, God knew you before you were born. Amen. Uh, it's true for all of the people of the world. God knows us. There's nobody in this world that has been born that God did not know before they came forth, before they were, they were born, or even before they were formed in their mother's womb. Uh, and, and God already has a divine purpose for us, and that was established before we were born. We have, to, we have to catch that because a lot of us are missing important moments while we're running, seeking who we need to be, and we're not seeking God. Uh, God ordained you for a specific purpose before you were born. And he says to each of us, I know, I know the thoughts I have toward you, thoughts of good and not evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. God speaking specifically to Jeremiah, but we can apply this to all of us because all of us belong to God, not just Christians, but all of us belong to God. And as God promised Abraham a future and a hope, and, and, and I know I just jumped way back to Abraham, but what God, God's promise to Abraham was a future, was a hope, amen, from your bloodline, uh, your descendants shall be greater than the sands of the sea, and through your descendants I will bless all nations. That's a, that's a promise of a future and a hope, amen. God promised the Hebrew nation a future and a hope, and he promises us a future and a hope. However, we have a part to play in the process. We have a part to play in the process. If you notice the promise to Abraham and his descendants, God called Abraham, and Abraham responded to God's call. Amen? In Jesus Christ, God has called all of us, all nations, all people. Uh, however, in order to receive the promise, each person must respond positively to the call of God. Yeah, everybody's called to salvation. It's not just for a select group of people. Everybody is, but each individual has to respond to that call and to the promise of God because the promise is to those who respond to the Lord with or the promises given to those who respond to the Lord with a yes. Amen. The promise is not going to you if you never said yes to the Lord and lived out your, la your yes. Now, the promise is not without responsibility on our part. For like the Hebrew people, this call is to our promised land, our inheritance in our God that our God has provided for us. Amen. Yeah. And for us, our promised land is not a physical inheritance per se. It's a spiritual inheritance. Our promised land is in Jesus Christ and the salvation that he gives and all that is tied up in this covenant relationship with God. Amen. If the analogy plays out, 
that spiritual inheritance will not be experienced to the fullest until the enemies that live there are driven out. Amen. Amen. The enemies that have lived in you before you came to Jesus, the, enemy has to, the enemies have to be driven out. This is part of the reason, like Israel, we're in constant warfare throughout our lives. And for some, it's stronger than others because we've not dealt with our enemies. We didn't drive out the enemies. We did like Israel. We compromised. And we allowed some of the enemy to stay. Now, we had a conversation about last Sunday's message on our minister's call last week. A few of us were on, had a good conversation. And I want to, first of all, uh, want to acknowledge the revelation that God gave to Elder Hoskins. And Elder Hoskins is going to write a book. I'm going to preach the sermon today. So uh, I want to share a part of that revelation. Share a part of that revelation. As we were discussing the message from last Sunday morning about new beginnings and how the second battle uh, at, uh, at Ai was, to be a, was a new beginning for the, for the Hebrew people. Because remember, in the first battle the Israelites were defeated, okay? Ai being and means the place of ruin, the battle took place in the valley between Bethel and between Ai in the valley. Bethel means house of God. Ai means place of ruin. The battle takes place in the valley. The battle could have tipped either way. This time, though, the Israelites sought God's advice after they had dealt with the sin in the camp, okay? But it's not just the sin. Let me, let me go a little bit further. The battle could have tipped either way, but it tipped toward Bethel. It tipped to the place of God because God was with them in this battle. He was with them in this battle, okay? Hallelujah. Because Joshua... And Israel obeyed the Lord the second time around. The revelation that came forth during that conversation was, was that, this is not all of the revelation, but listen, was that, was that the problem was caused by Achan, Achan and, 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 and him not being convinced that he did not need to steal any of the devoted things. Now, Jericho was the, was the first fruit offering to God. The first city to be that, that Israel would face as they would go into the promised land. It was called the accursed thing. So everything except the silver and the gold, which was, to be, which was the Lord's and was to be put into the temple treasury, everything was to be destroyed. Okay? All right. Achan didn't believe that. Wasn't convinced of that. And he stole part of the devoted thing. Took it to his tent. Buried it under a rug in his tent. Okay? All right? All right. Where was the problem with Achan? The problem with Achan was in his mind. Because he wasn't convinced. It wasn't in his faith. Because before you get to faith, you got to deal with your mind. 
Can you buy into that? The problem with Achan was in his mind. But there is a spiritual connection that I think we have missed, and this is the revelation that, that, that came forth last Sunday as we were discussing this. And this is the wonderful thing about discussing the scriptures with spiritually minded people. Um, if Ai is the place of ruin, what was Jericho other than the devoted thing? Jericho was the first place to be conquered. The place that would have, that would have, and did, would have, after after the second time around, would have opened up the way of blessings and conquest of the rest of the promised land without problem. Okay? The promised land, the place of milk and honey, Jericho, the first place to be conquered. If we can apply this spiritually, and we can because that's the purpose of the scriptures for us to get spiritual application from what's taught in scripture. The unbelievers can't see what we can see, all right, because they're not saved. They don't have revelation of the scriptures. They can read the scriptures and look up words and, and, and intellectually uh, interpret some things, but there's, there's deeper revelation than just uh, intellectual revelation. For the human being, if we're going to apply this spiritually, Jericho is a type of the mind, the natural mind. The scriptures are always many times written in types and shadows. Okay, okay. Jericho, I mean, Joshua is a type of Christ. Moses is a type of Christ. Okay, savior, deliverer. Okay, so, so if the human, for the human being, Jericho is a type of the natural mind, okay? The first city that had to be dealt with and destroyed as they entered their promised land. If the individual, if the believer, we, we, we kind of catch this, but, but we don't catch this early enough. We, we catch this later on in life, Okay. But, but if, if the believer today is to take possession of all that God has promised us, we must deal with the natural mind. And oh, if we would start at the point of beginning, if we would start at the place where a person gets saved and start dealing with the natural mind and how the natural mind has to be a first fruit offering under God. How the natural mind has to become a devoted thing under God. That we have to be convinced that what God has said in his word is true. We're like, we're like Achan. Many of us are not convinced because we have not given our minds over to the Lord. Somebody wrote a song and I don't know all the words of the song I lost my mind when I came to Jesus, something, something like that. Well, we don't, we don't need to lose our minds. <laughs> we, need to, we need to put to death that old man, that old mind. And many times in the scriptures, we talk about the flesh, okay? And we talk about bringing the flesh under subjection, but you will never bring your flesh under subjection until you bring your mind under subjection. We won't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the natural mind should become a first fruit offering 
to God at salvation. It should become a, it should have been a devoted thing to God first when we were born again, utterly destroyed spiritually, not naturally because you need your mind to live, but spiritually that natural mind needed to be utterly destroyed. And we, we, then we would be open to be given a new mind in Christ Jesus. Because the Lord will give us a new mind, which will be completely under God's control so that from the beginning, our thoughts now are beginning to be sold out to God. How many of us grew up in the church and nobody, nobody ever discipled us and really taught us the word of the Lord? Even told us that there's a difference between the natural mind and the spiritual mind. We grew up not even knowing that. Not knowing anything about it. Because the people who taught us didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if, if we're to, even today and now, if we're to enter our promised land like we really should and successfully overcome the other enemies, we have to deal with the natural mind. We are a tripartite being. Body, soul, and spirit. Okay? So most of the time when people get saved, we're we're thinking about spirit and body. We're not even dealing with mind. The mind needs to get saved. The mind needs to be delivered. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mind needs to be devoted. The natural mind needs to become a devoted thing to God. And we need to understand devoted thing. Your tithe is a devoted thing. The tithe belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to me. It's a devoted thing. It is the accursed thing, meaning that it is devoted totally unto God. All right? You need to follow that line of thinking because when you take of the accursed thing, then you become part of that accursed thing that was supposed to be utterly destroyed. Follow this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since our minds were not, natural mind wasn't utterly destroyed, for most of us, uh, we need to deal with this natural mind today. Or we're going to continually have problems. You see, AI was not really the problem. The problem for Israel was at Jericho. Because it was at Jericho, the first place to be conquered, that Achan sinned and brought sin into the camp, thus causing the death in the battle with Ai and ruin to him and his household. It happened at Jericho. It didn't happen at Ai. It happened at the first place that should have been destroyed. For Achan, because he didn't believe God or he wasn't convinced that God's principles would work, He stole part of the accursed things. So Achan's mind was not yielded to God. He didn't trust God. He didn't trust God's principles. At Jericho, Achan listened to Satan, just like Eve did. Stole part of the devoted thing, brought defeat to 
to Israel at Ai, and consequently, Achan and his entire family became part and parcel of what he stole in order for the consequences of sin to be lifted from the nation. At Jericho, the first city to be conquered, as they were going into the promised land, we learn what needs to happen to our minds. And we learn what needs to happen for our minds to be conquered. Because, you know, as I was praying about this and working on this, I realized that, that most of us, we've been saved for a long time. But most of us still have problems with our minds. Am I talking to anybody? Anybody here have a problem with your mind? I think we all do. Serious problem. And you know, you've heard me say this over and over again. Where does the devil fight his battles? In your mind. In your mind. In your mind. So that mind has to become totally devoted to God. You can physically bring yourself to worship. You can physically read the Bible. You can physically pray. But until your mind is... That natural mind is dealt with, is devoted to God. You're going to have some serious struggles in your life. And most of us have serious struggles in our lives. It's so easy to dress up and come to church. But nobody knows your story like you know your story. Amen? God knows it, and God is saying, you got to deal with your mind. You got to deal with your mind. But we keep resisting. Because we think we're thinking all right. So, so how, how was the mind? How was Jericho conquered? And this should speak to us. And I pray that, 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 that whatever I share with you at this point, that you'll go and do some further study. So as we look at the scripture, the first thing we notice is that Jericho could not be conquered by Israel alone. All right? They couldn't do it alone. You can't deal with your mind alone. Okay, so as we look at this scripture in verse 13, after they have crossed Jordan, when Joshua was near Jericho, God sent an angel to speak to Joshua. Okay. So if God sent an angel, God was sent in his presence. Amen. So God's presence was important. And God speaks to Joshua. Through the Lord, it says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with his king and his fighting men. And, 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 and God tells Jericho, tells Joshua what to do. Okay. So they couldn't do it alone. Amen. Uh, the Bible says Jericho was in the NIV, says, tightly shut up. Yeah, yeah. Or securely enforced. They had a wall around the city. They had strong gates. They had men standing guard. Amen. Nobody went out and nobody came in. Jericho was tightly shut up. Okay. Amen. Saints, our minds, our minds before we come to Jesus are tightly shut up. Tightly. Yeah. The devil thinks that he has secured his encampment around our minds. Yeah. 
David said this. David said, well, I'm, I was born in sin, and I was shaped in iniquity. We're born in sin. And as we grow in this world with the influences of people around us, sometimes even our family members, many times even our family members, we are being shaped in iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. We're being shaped to, to be against God. From the time that we're born as little children, and we're growing up, and with all of the influences around us, we're being shaped. You know, like a piece of Play-Doh, you're just molding it into the image you want it to be before we come to Jesus. And, 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 and it's, not a, it's not the physical body that's being shaped because you look at your physical body, you look wonderful. It's your mind. It's your mind. Ah, yeah, yeah. And we, we grow up thinking a certain way. Do you realize how hard it is to get people to get yourself and to get people to change the way that they think? That is a difficult process. You can reason with people all day long and all night. You can reason to, with people until the cows come home and most of us don't have cows anymore. So they're not coming home. And people won't change the way that they think because they have been shaped. Satan has tightly shut up their minds. And it's hard to penetrate. So, so alone, we can't even change our own minds. When we come to the Lord and we begin to study the scriptures, left to ourselves in the natural, we cannot change our minds. For generations, our families, not just us, see, you got a grandma, you got a mama and a daddy, you got a grandmama and a granddaddy, you got a great grandmama and a great granddaddy, you got a great great grandmama, great great granddaddy, you got a great 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 great, you got a great 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 great. So down through the generations, Satan has been shaping your family's mind. How many of you recognize that you act like somebody in your family? Thank God if they're a good influence. Oh, but if they're a bad influence. And the problem with Christians is that sometimes we don't even see it ourselves. Because if people are not careful, people will fool us about our anointing. Because of the physical things that they see. We have a wonderful voice and we have a wonderful gift and a wonderful ability. People are looking at the outside of us. Why don't we just be honest and talk to people like Jesus? Brother, you need to grow in the Lord. Sister, you need to grow in the Lord. Pray for a discerning spirit. What you think it isn't right. But our minds, <laughs> securely shut up, fortified. fortified. Our minds have been fortified over the years. The natural man, fortified. You go to school. You sit on a teacher that's not saved. That teacher's influence is fortifying your mind. Oh, God, today with technology, fortifying the mind. You're telling your child not to act a certain way. A whole lot of stuff go into that. Because some things we think are cute with children, 
that you think is cute while they're babies. When they get old, you're going to wonder and wish you had not thought that was so cute. And you had corrected it. But fortifying the mind. The devil is using us and we don't even know it to fortify. Because our minds were fortified. And it's hard to tell us that this isn't right. You know what people will tell you today? This is my life. Who are you to tell me I'm wrong? I live my life the way I want to live it. And then people get in trouble and they're looking for advice. And you want to tell them, you should have listened when I tried to tell you. But you can't tell them. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you can't tell them that. <laughs> sometimes I say, pay attention to the sermon. Go back and listen to the message. That's a word that the Lord sent. That you had listened but because your natural mind that has been fortified by the enemy, you sat in worship and your mind was somewhere else or you argued with the scriptures. Anyway, the angel of the Lord came to Joshua before the battle. God's presence was there. Without God's presence and without God's help, we will not win against the natural mind. Only God is able to penetrate the fortified way of thinking in our minds. And even that is a struggle because we fight against God. We argue with God. Throughout Jesus' ministry, Amen. He, he, he works to reshape the way his disciples think. And we studied the life of Jesus and we see, you know, many times Jesus would say, oh, ye of little faith. He would challenge them because they, they were walking with him and they were seeing him. They were listening to his teaching, but they were not catching it. And even after Pentecost, God had to continually, Holy Spirit had to continually deal with these men because they were not seeing what the Lord was trying to teach them. He was trying to bring them out, break them from their old way of thinking. Jesus said on one occasion, you've heard it said, but I say to you. So, so you know what the traditional teachings are, but this is what I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His ministry of making disciples was to develop men and women who thought like him. Thought like him. Can y'all, can you just say that? Think, no, say think. Think like Jesus. Think like Jesus. But you see, in the flesh, we say, I don't want to think like anybody. I want my own mind. But the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the Lord expects us and intends for us to think like Jesus. Our minds have to be transformed. That natural mind is a mind of death and leads to death. Jesus said, I will not leave you helpless. I will come to you. I will send another helper, an advocate, an enabler. I will be with you. I will be in you. Why? Because the disciples could not continue this process of change and engage the work of the Lord Jesus Christ without constant help from him. We are in warfare every day. Second thing, second thing, the angel comes and he speaks to Joshua and he tells Joshua what must be done in order to conquer Jericho. Okay? 
in order to conquer Jericho. So, verse number three, uh, the, the Lord, speaking to Joshua through the angel, march around the city once with all the men. Do this for six days. Now, can you hear some of y'all arguing right now? Now, people are arguing now about wearing a mask. People are arguing about not taking, uh, taking the vaccine. Take vaccines every day. You go to your doctor. Your doctor says, you have this condition. I'm going to prescribe this medicine. Most people just take the medicine. Don't even read the ingredients. Just take it because the doctor said it. Just take it. Taking all kind of medicine. I went to my doctor and he gave me something and I took it. I knew what it was. But the first time I took it, my body was like, uh-uh, this ain't supposed to be in your body. And I stopped taking it. And I called it. I said, I can't take this. This is making me feel this kind of way. But everything else the doctor had given me, I take it. Because the doctor gave it. Now, folk, don't trust the doctors and the scientists. Ooh, arguing. People just arguing because they have the capacity to argue. Mm. Walk around the six, God, six times a day. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of the ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. Now, God, we just march around this city one time a day for six days. And this is a long march. And there are a lot of people, and we are tired. With the priests blowing the trumpets, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpet, have the people give a shout. Some of us would have been so ready to shout that when the first sound of the trumpet went. <laughs> Glory to God. There's somebody that was particular about folk following instructions. We have to follow instructions. So, so he tells Joshua what to do. Gives instructions. Okay? You see, we, we need God's strategy because Satan does not intend for Holy Spirit to take control of our minds, okay? Satan has established these strongholds in our minds to keep it secure for himself. We don't have a strategy in and of ourselves because remember, our minds have already been fortified by the enemy, so we can't come up with a strategy that's going to work against the one who has fortified our minds. We don't know how to do it. There is no psychologist, there is no psychiatrist that knows how to resist or overcome the strongholds that Satan has established in a person's mind. But the angel of the Lord gave the strategy. And guess what? When you look at this, God's strategy is never logical to us. And being logical people, that's the reason we argue. And we argue with God. So where do we get God's strategy? We get it from his word. 
We gotta, we gotta follow his word and we gotta pray and we gotta receive revelation. Of course, unsaved people are gonna reject the word of the Lord because it seems illogical to them. Some things seem illogical to us. That's why we would argue. We would argue. And people argue all the time. But we would argue. But the key to, to conquering the mind, the key to dealing with the mind is to follow God's strategy. Okay? Follow his strategy. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If I want to deal with the strategy that God gives me, I have to find my delight in the Lord, in the law of God, in the word of God. I have to get in that word. I have to consume that word. I have to enjoy that word. It may not taste good at first, but the more I taste of it, the more I consume it, amen, the better it tastes. And I begin to see a difference in my mind because I'm in the word of the Lord and I'm getting God's strategy. Holy Spirit will always give you a strategy to destroy those strongholds in your mind because you're not going to live correctly in the flesh or the spirit until your mind is dealt with. For most people, they're guided by their minds, but we ought to be guided by the spirit. That's why the Bible says those people who are led by the spirit are the sons of God, not led by your mind. Are y'all listening? Don't go to sleep. Listen. Listen. Better be led by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit is going to lead you. He's going to lead you to be in Bible study. He's going to lead you to have a devotional period in your life, devotional time. He's going to lead you to worship. He's going to lead you. He's going to lead you to read the Word. Amen. The Word is His sword. He knows he, he needs his word in you so that he has to work, has something in you to work with. If his word is not in you, that's nothing for him to work with. He's going to lead you. And these strongholds will begin to come down. Yeah. Only God's strategy works against Jericho. Paul said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay? Or NIV says, are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons of our warfare have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Weapons of our warfare. Because of those strongholds that the devil has put up, we can't pull them down. But once we're in Christ, they're weapons that the Lord has given us. Now, lastly, and I'm done. We need God's presence. We need God to speak to us. Thirdly, we need to execute God's strategy completely to take Jericho. 
Think about Achan. You can't steal part of the devoted thing and say you've executed God's strategy completely. Achan could have argued. You remember Saul? God said, destroy the Amalekites. Samuel went to him and said, I've done what the Lord told me to do. Samuel said, what is that noise I hear? Oh, I kept the, the people. The people influenced me to keep the best of the cattle, best of the livestock. But that's not what God told you to do. So you've not executed everything. And so in our lives, saints, and it's a challenge for us because, not because we didn't destroy everything at first and we allowed some of the enemy to stay. Now throughout our lives, we're engaged in battle and we're trying daily to execute the things that God has commanded us. We need to execute God's strategy completely. If we keep a small part of Jericho, it will consume us. That's what happened to Achan. He kept a small part. He didn't keep, he didn't take all of the gold and the silver and store it in his tent. He just kept a little bit of it. And it consumed him. He became a part of the devoted thing. And Israel, God commanded Joshua to take Israel, to take Achan and his family and destroy them all. Because the sin had to be wiped out of Israel. Problem with Achan was his mind had not been changed. He wasn't convinced. How many of us are not convinced that what God says is true? How many of us are not striving to execute God's strategies that he's given us in our lives? We want to be victorious. We want to sing the devil is defeated and God is exalted. Yes, that's the truth. But we have responsibility in the process. Are we taking that responsibility? Are we dealing with our minds? The natural mind. The carnal mind. Amen. You look at Jesus. Why was he successful in the earth realm? He was a man. He was, had taken on human flesh. Why was he successful? You say, because he was God. But remember, he voluntarily gave up his divine powers so that he could experience what we experience. The Bible says he was without sin. Why? Because in the wilderness, he dealt with Jericho. In the wilderness, he dealt with his Jericho. The mind. That's what Satan tempted him. Satan didn't physically take Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple. These things were happening in his mind. The spirit drove him into the wilderness for him to be tempted. But the temptations took place 
in his mind. And he overcame. Because he, in, in the wilderness, he dealt with his Jericho. Amen. Let's stand. I pray that the message today has spoken to us in some way. And it speaks to, it speaks to me too now. I'm not exempt. I have to deal with my mind too. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. But we have responsibility. Thank this, you know, this, 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 this. We've talked about the mind so many times before. I pray that this just gave us a different perspective as we look at Jericho and what happened with Achan and what needed to happen in the beginning. Now, since it didn't happen in the beginning for most of us, now we have to really deal with this natural mind. Make sure that we are submitted to God, that we're following God's strategies just like Jesus did to bring our minds into subjection to the will of the Heavenly Father. This is not just for those who are older. Young people, I pray that you listen. Because if you get it while you're young, you'll be much better off in your life. I often think about years ago, I was teaching a class, teaching a youth class at an association. Whatever I was teaching on, I was talking to young people about, about how they should live. And, and, you know, as young people look at older people, I wasn't that old then, you know, maybe in my 30s. You know, one young girl said, you enjoyed your life, didn't you? Why don't you want us to enjoy our lives? It's not about enjoying your life. It's about how you enjoy your life. Because you can enjoy your life as a Christian. You can have a wonderful, wonderful time. And your body doesn't have to be filled with drugs, alcohol, sexual promiscuity. You don't, that's not enjoying life. No, that's not enjoying life. And all the other things that go along with it. With, 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 with a mind that has not been transformed. A mind that is not being transformed. And, and, and a mind that is resisting the Lord. When you wrap your mind up in Christ and allow him to have your mind, then you find the joy that he and only he can bring in your life. Not just joy, but peace. Because a lot of times what people are going through, they lack peace. They lack peace. You don't have peace when you're fighting over a boy or fighting over a girl. You don't have peace when you're strung out on drugs. You don't have peace when you're getting drunk here and there. That's not peace. That's not the peace that the Lord wants you to have. 
You don't have peace when you're going from one person to the next person to the next. That's not the peace that the Lord wants you to have. Even when it's not stuff you're doing wrong, when it's just life situations, the Lord can give you peace in the midst of what you're going through. When people are coming against you, when your life situation is not right, what's beyond your control, the Lord can give you his peace. So he wants you to enjoy life. There's a way he wants you to enjoy it. Responsible, respectful, not just respecting your elders, but respecting God. So this morning, if there is someone who does not know Jesus as Savior and Lord, you want this life that the Lord wants to give you. You want to deal with, you want to start this process of dealing with your mind. You may not be in the sanctuary. You may be watching online. And the word of the Lord has spoken to you. You know that the problem with you is in your mind. It's in your mind. There's a warfare going on. You know you've been arguing with God. You've been battling. You've been resisting God. You're not at peace. Many people have talked to you and told you about the things you're doing, but you're resisting and you're rejecting, you're arguing because you think your thinking is right. You think your life belongs to you and you can live your life like you want it. Well, you can. You're a free, you're a free moral agent, but you can't live your life the way you want to live it and then expect to have the peace of God that passes all understanding. You can't live your life the way you want to live it and have the freedom that God has to offer you when your Jericho is conquered. Only in Jesus. So if you want to receive Jesus today, and he wants you, he wants you to receive him. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's been reaching out to you He's been trying to draw you to him, but you've been resisting. Stop resisting today. Let the Lord have his way in your life. If it's your will to receive Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. Lord, I'm lost, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sin. You satisfied God's law that says, the soul that sins shall surely die. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me on that cross. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you now by faith. And I thank you for saving me. Amen. 
If you prayed that prayer and it was the decision of your will, not my decision, you didn't do it just because I asked you to do it, but you made the choice that you would ask Jesus to come into your life, you're saved today. The Bible says as many as received them, to them he gave the right to become his sons and daughters. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.